Welcome to Focused on Forward. The purpose of this podcast is to focus on recovery from life situations, be it a disease, chronic or acute, perhaps the loss of someone so dear to you in death, or a change of life patterns that has affected you so profoundly that you have no choice but to find your new normal and become focused on moving forward. Each episode is designed to show the positivity that people bring to each and every one of their stories, the successes they've had, ways that they have become so definitively focused on moving forward. We look forward to sharing their stories, and we hope that they inspire you just as much as they have inspired us. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to Focused on Forward. Today, we have the pleasure of being joined by Susan Hannafin McNabb. Why that's so important is that Susan has a powerful backstory of how she had to learn to deal with grief, how she herself had to become focused on moving forward in her life, but not just for herself. She's also the mother of a young man who was only five years old at the time when he lost his father. Susan then became an author and wrote a book called The A to Z Healing Toolbox, which is important and we'll talk about that in a few minutes and why it has won five separate awards because of being such a powerful and practical toolbox for us to use when dealing with our grief. So Susan, thank you so much for being on Focused on Forward today. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate being here. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited uh, not just to hear your story and so that our audience can listen and, and understand why you have uh, been invited to the show, but also the, the power of your story and, and what you're doing now uh, for work and, and why we wrote the, why we, I, I was not a part of the book writing process, <laughs> why you wrote the book uh, and why it's so important for people to check it out. I'm excited for all these things. So if you would please uh, include us in your story of grief and how you overcame your grief and moved forward. Okay. Well, I'll start from the, the beginning, beginning, which is um, I grew up here in San Diego, which is where I am now. And um, I was a teacher. I studied education, so elementary education. Then I became a social worker. So by training, I've had 25 years of experience as a teacher and a social worker. And I'll circle back to the importance of that in a minute. Okay, that's fair my enough. professional background. Yes, that's my professional background. I um, wound up marrying a professor of international business. So we lived all over the West Coast of the USA, Hawaii, Canada, Australia. Our son Jacob was born in Australia. And when he was about four years old, we decided to come back to the West Coast USA where our families were and to kind of resettle here. Um, we were home, well home, now my home again in San Diego, we were here for about a month and Brent went out for a drive. Um, he's not from San Diego, so he doesn't know the area too, too well. Um, went out into a mountainous area and never returned. So Brent was missing for two weeks. Um, we hired a personal, a private investigator. We filed a missing person report. And two weeks later, I got a knock at the door from the medical examiner saying that they found the wreckage of the car and recovered his body. That was on our wedding anniversary. Oh and the next day, 
yeah, and to make it uh, perfectly awful again, uh, the next day was my birthday. Oh boy. So we had been home a month um, and I was left with a five-year-old at that time. Um, crazy grief, crazy trauma from the two weeks of missing in action. And we had just moved back. So I did not have a job. I didn't have a community, a community here. Um, it was really my ground zero. Where do you go from there? So that is, that is the back of the background of the story. Um, and then everything else was moving forward. I love the name of your podcast, right? Focus. Oh, thank forward. you. All right. So that's a lot to overcome in, in just a, a short period of time. You, you said you've been back a month. You're trying to reestablish yourself in, in your home community. And then this happens. So once this happens, you talked about you had to then decide to start moving forward. How did you begin to move forward past that? <laughs> well, for a long time, I didn't want to. Um, I talk in the book about the, the bottomless pit that I felt I was in. Picture a well, the darkest, deepest well that you could ever imagine. And I felt like I was sitting at the bottom of that. Um, I felt like I was there forever. In reality, I don't know how long it was before I realized, okay, I have a five-year-old child here in this well with me. And I don't care so much about myself, but I do care about the child. I did study elementary education. I've got to rally for this child. And then I was a social worker already. And I was used to gathering tools and resources for other people's healing. Mm -hmm. So eventually, just little step by little step, I started social working our lives. Okay. So what was the first tool that you found that was going to help you to kind of dig your way out of that well? You know, someone asked me that yesterday, well, what did you do first? And I don't know what I did first. I kind of, I kind of ran after every once I realized I had to survive this and I had to survive this for our son I ran after every tool every opportunity every new person everything in my local community that could help um, the first thing I think was actually therapy because I'm a social worker I was comfortable in that role okay. and I knew I needed that so that's letter C in the A to Z healing toolbox, which is counseling or therapy. Mm -hmm. Okay. And no, go ahead. No, please continue. Finish. I, um, you know, there were, there were so many people that, that started coming into my life because I was running after help. And I think that's one thing that we miss, especially in our Western culture is reaching out for help. Um, and I know that that's something that really helped my son and I, my ability to do that for others, then turned inward and using that ability to ask for help for myself. Okay. So as you began to gather these tools and you began to, to realize that there were some things needed in your life, did you come across the idea of writing a book right away? Or was that something that had to gradually evolve or develop in the background? That is a great question. I had no intention ever of writing a book, ever. <laughs> uh, 
but what happened was, if you can see on my, my shelf here, I'm very organized. I've got lots of binders and folders and, and books that are, that are organized like a teacher would have. And right. um, I started collecting resources. Every Greek grief group I went to, every book I came across, every person that gave me information, I started collecting these resources and I put them into a binder. Well, because I love order and structure as an educator, I alphabetized that binder and A became animals. Okay, animals are helping us heal. Why? And I needed to find out why. So I dug through that. You know, B became breath work. I needed to learn how to heal and breathe again. And letter C, as I mentioned, was counseling. So all of these resources were gathered in a binder. And I brought that binder um, to an organization called Soaring Spirits International. It's a wonderful global organization, nonprofit for the widowed community. And they offer conferences called Camp Widow. So I took this binder to present it at the Camp Widow conference. And everyone in that room said, where did you get this? we need all this information and you've really got to put this into a book. Wonderful. Okay. So, yeah, and I was looking at the, the Soaring Spirits uh, website. Uh, and, and if you're someone who is dealing with loss of a spouse, uh, a widow or widower, um, please take a look at this website. It's soaringspirits.org. It's a wonderful website that can help you get some information. There's a, a nice contact us page. There's a, some programs that you might find helpful, maybe even essential for what you're trying to deal with, what you're going through. And uh, so, um, yeah, I, I, was, I was highly impressed with that website as I was looking over it this afternoon before our discussion. So I have a couple more questions for you about your personal journey through uh, your experience and how you dealt with this. And, and I'm hoping that maybe your answers will help highlight the path for someone else. So for you, was there a difference between grief and mourning? And did you go through a mourning period? For me, I think grief and mourning are so intersected and trauma as well, right? A lot of us who are grieving or mourning the death of a loved one also have trauma embedded in there as well. Yes. So. Um, Yes. And, and I, you know, this book is called A to Z Healing Toolbox, as in this is the way I am in the world now. Healing is not the destination. Uh, Tom Zuba, who wrote the foreword to the book, is famous for saying, you know, healing is not the destination. It's the way we are in the world. Right. So I still grieve. I still mourn. My husband is still dead. I will be doing that. Um, for the rest of my life and not as intensely maybe as at the beginning sure but our son is now 14 and going to high school next year you know that is a whoa you know I've been doing this for almost nine years now and, and that kind of hits me still so there is that continued grieving and continued healing as well yeah I think that some people have the misconception that after a certain point in time that grieving and mourning has to stop that you just kind of outgrow it and that it's 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 something that you do for a short period of time and then you move on. And I don't think that's a fair assessment. I am so glad you said that because in our culture specifically, we give each other 365 days to be done with your grief 
And then you maybe get two weeks of work off, right? To, to feel better. Well, that is not the case. Uh, people come to Camp Widow, SoaringSpirits.org, right? The website you mentioned. Um, we get people whose spouse died 10 years ago, 12 years ago, and they tried to shove all the grief down and they ran and they ran and they ran, or it just wasn't their time to start grieving. And then they open the box later, a decade later, four years later, 12 years later, and, and then they have to grieve. So there's no linear path to grieving if I've learned anything on this journey. They're all unique journeys for sure. Okay. Yeah. I, I you know, I think about that uh, when you said, you know, you might get two weeks off, uh, you know, and that's really kind of a sad state of affairs when someone who has been so, you know, close to you, so integral to your life and what you've established, uh, you know, as, uh, as part of who and what you are that okay, well, you can have two weeks off and then come back to work and everything has to be fine. Um, that's not really the, the way the mind works, unfortunately. Um, exactly. And there are quite a few people now, including one of my friends, uh, Rachel Cabanas, who speaks to businesses on grief in the workplace because our mind is altered when we're grieving and or traumatized and we can't think right. or operate the way that we used to. Right. And I, and I want people to understand that there's, there's a direct correlation between grief and mental health and the way that those things, those things tie in together. And I love the fact that in your A to Z that you have counseling so highly listed uh, because now speaking from a, a uh, <clears throat> male perspective, uh, <laughs> typically us men aren't ones that like to run to counselors and therapies, therapists and talk about the things that are troubling us and that's on our minds and, and things along those lines. Um, I'm hoping that someday that that bit of uh, that veil of masculinity can be ripped away a little bit, pulled away a little bit so that, so that guys can see that that counseling is for men too. And that it's a very important thing, a very important aspect. Yes. Um, we actually with Soaring Spirits International, we have many, many men we have widows and widowers who come to our programs, our conferences, our virtual calls, men reach out because when you are at the bottom, when your spouse, when your life has been ripped apart, it, it makes you move in different ways. And often those ways are help me, help me, help me. I cannot do this. And somebody tell me how, or give me some tools. So we're seeing more and more men that are able to say, listen, you know, this is, <laughs> this is not okay and I need assistance. And we actually have a men's group at Camp Widow. So it's only for men, you know, they do lunch and they hang out and they talk about what this is like for them. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Since 1982, Vital Signs and Graphics has been helping professionals with all their image, logo, and design needs. Perhaps you're looking for signs and banners, truck and trailer lettering, business cards, brochures, or other image and marketing aids, Vital Signs and Graphics in-house design studio has you covered. From logos to apparel, start to finish, Vital Signs and Graphics has everything you need to look and feel professional. Call Rick at 231-652-3300. 
he'll get you noticed. And now back to Focused on Forward. Uh, I'm glad that there's a there's something there that, that's set up for them as well. And that's also something that I saw as I was looking through the website, uh, that this wasn't just something that was set up for women. This is something for men and women alike. Uh, and uh, so equal play there. And that's awesome. Um, I have a question, though, for you is if this is, is something you're willing to speak about. How did your son respond to uh the way that you were putting this book together and things like that, because I'm sure if you were using it to help you, you were also employing some of the same things to help with your son. How did it help with, with an adolescent mind? Right. Well, I will say that he's 14 now, but when the book, when his father died, he was five and then six, seven, eight, nine were the years that I was gathering the information. So he didn't really know what I was, I mean, he knew this was going on in our life, but he wasn't privy to being a 14 year old saying, oh, mom's writing a book. Sure. I will say this. He is a very deeply spiritual, very kind soul. And he, he's an old soul. And um, when I, the book was published and I was getting some paperwork on book awards, this child who was 10 at the time said to me, mom, look at this one. And he picked up the piece of paper and it was the Benjamin Franklin book award. And he said, I love Benjamin Franklin. I think you should apply for this. And I said, well, okay, I will apply for that. And if I get it, I will take you to Chicago with me. Well, nine months later, I got a notice that I was either going to get a gold or a silver medal at the Benjamin Franklin Book Awards in Chicago. So I booked that trip to Chicago for the two of us. And we sat at that big banquet table and then they called my name for the gold medal at the Benjamin awesome. Franklin Book Awards. <laughs> so he's been very much a part of this whole journey. Oh, that's great. Okay. So when we think about grief and how people deal with it and how they interact with it, why is it important for people to understand that the way you handle grief does not need to be the same as the way somebody else handles grief? Great question. You know, we are all individuals. We have our own backgrounds, our psychologies, um, and we're men, women, we're of different nationalities, different cultures. So there's not one way to grieve. There's not one right path. What I did with the A to Z Healing Toolbox book was I included 26 tools. Now I gravitate toward S, which is sliding into exercise and C, which is counseling. And we now have a therapy dog, which is animals for A. And I've hit all the letters because I needed to do that for myself. But many people pick up the book, they don't know where to start and they just open it to any page. Maybe it's chapter J, which is journaling. And I talk about, well, you can journal with writing but you can also journal with images and pictures because the traumatized mind can't always write things down. The left side of our brain gets jumbled and we have to access the right side of the brain, which leads into color, light, sound, imagery, and pictures. So there are many, many, many different ways to start 
moving toward healing, moving forward toward healing. And, um, and the book is full of 26 tools, but within each chapter, there are many resources and many ways to go about the healing process. Okay, excellent. And now for some, uh, part of that grieving process is that there's, um, of course, there's a little bit of anger. There can be, you know, uh, um, you know there's, there's the steps of anger, denial, uh, and some other things. And those don't always, always go in that order. Uh, they, those can get kind of jumbled around those, you know, depending on, on what website you're reading, there's either five steps to grief or seven steps to grief. Uh, but whether it's five or seven, uh, either way, th those those steps can kind of get jumbled around. Why is it important, though, to try to maintain a sense of schedule when going through grief? So let me just um, speak to the stages of grief, and then I'll talk about the schedule. <laughs> yeah, please do. Um, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross is the physician and psychiatrist who coined those um, stages of grief. And those stages really are for people who are dying themselves. Okay. So dabda, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance. Those right. were actually coined for people who are, who are dying themselves. But what we did as a culture was we took those because we like order and structure and we say, okay, well, this is how everyone's going to grieve. Grieving is a million different feelings all at once, not linear. And in the book, there's a chapter on grief and on trauma and I list out all the common grief reactions and all the common trauma reactions and there are more than 30 to 40 of each and those can happen simultaneously all on the same day I mean it is a plethora of a mess mm -hmm. and so some people like me I thrive in structure and order I needed to put order to my life and my son's life with structure because I'm a teacher person as well so I know that my child and all children thrive with structure right. so I was going with that like we're going to get up we're going to make our beds we're going to just eat we're going to do the next thing at the next minute at the next hour at the next day and that can help a bit when you feel like your life is completely out of control. Make your bed. You have control over that. You know, get up and brush your teeth. You have control over that. Okay, good. All right, so let's talk a little bit more about your book. We've kind of hinted about how you came into it, what you were doing, uh, things along those lines. Uh, but let's talk about the book in the sense of, you know, how you finished it, where it's available, where people can find it, things along those lines so that it's it's not just a, something that we've hinted at, but something that becomes a tangible thing for people to look for. Right. Well, they can find the hard copy of the book anywhere books are sold, Barnes and Noble, Amazon. Um, they can look on my website, which is a number two, a to Z healing toolbox.com. The book is available there on the website. And also there's an online toolbox. So anyone can access the online toolbox, which is hooked onto the website for free. And the online toolbox lists um, books, um, sources, videos, all sorts of things that people can use 
to um, you know dive inside each letter and see if that might be something they are willing to integrate. Okay, excellent. Yeah, I was uh, looking at your website and uh, looking at where to find the book and looking at the online toolbox, and I was kind of playing around in there for a little while, just kind of kind of checking that out. Uh, very There's nice a lot of information in there. <laughs> yes, there is. I, I uh, so I looked at this a couple about a month or so back when you and I first spoke and I was looking at your website and I was like, Oh, that's a nice website. And Oh, look, she's got this on there. She's got that on there. It's uh, and then this afternoon, as I was refreshing myself uh, with your website, I went, yeah, there's a lot more on here than I remember there being. Uh, <laughs> so uh, well, kudos, kudos to you for a very well-cultured website. It's, it's very nice, very easy to navigate. Thank you. I, I wanted to make it easy. I wanted to make the book easy to read. You know, the chapters are, you know, seven pages long. This is not something for, um, it, I wanted to write it for people's brains who were grieving and traumatized and the website as well. It needed to be easy to navigate. And because I'm a social worker, I, I want people to have resources. I didn't make up all the resources. I wanna share them with people. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. Looking at the online toolbox, if you guys do go to her website, again, it's the letter A, the number two, Z, healingtoolbox.com. If you go to her, the online toolbox, you can click each one of the letters, the A to Z letters, uh, and there's a lot of really nice, simple, easy to follow information to help you kind of navigate through that letter, see if that's something that will help you and with the situation that you're dealing with personally. Um, and I like the fact too, that you don't have to go, you can navigate through each of the one of the letters uh, at the bottom of the page. You don't have to go back to the menu and then select a new letter. You can just go right from, yeah. it's, a, it's a simple thing, but it's a really well thought out thing. And I just wanted to mention that, that, that I, I love websites like this that are very well thought out, very well planned out. Uh, and it's just, it's those little simple things that uh, really speak to my inner geek. And I just wanted to say kudos, well done, uh, as far as that's concerned. Um, Thank you. So yeah, so I have a couple questions for you that I want to ask. And they're the, the same questions I ask every single guest that's been on our show. Okay? Okay, I'm ready. All right. I promise they're not tricky. <laughs> so looking back over the course of your journey, what is the single greatest lesson that you have learned? We heal in community, period. Healing cannot be done in a vacuum. We cannot do it all ourselves. So the greatest lesson I have learned over my entire lifetime, but especially the last eight years, is we heal in community. And um, I would suggest to anyone, find your people find your people. People want to help. People want to know what to do for you. And we're all in this together. So you heal and I heal, I heal and you heal. And we, we all do this together. Okay. That's very good advice. I think that's nice. All right. Good. A good solid lesson. All right. So the next question, which is similar to the first question, but only slightly different. Looking back over the course of your journey, what was the single greatest piece of advice that you were given? That I am unique and my journey will be unique. 
and there is no right way to do grief. There is no right way to do life. We are all individual on purpose and our, our life will be intersecting with others, but have its own uniqueness to it. And, um, and that is something I share with others as well, because it helps people feel better about their grief journey. Like, oh my gosh, you're doing this, but I'm not, but that's okay. Cause we're different people. Yeah. I think sometimes people get lost in trying to compare traumas um, and compare the aspect yes. of the trauma that you, that just like you said, well, you're dealing with this and I'm dealing with something that's similar. It doesn't mean that you have to travel the same path at the same way in the same space. Uh, we're each going to get to the end that we need to get to, but it's going to take time uh, and you're going to travel it in your own way. Yes. You know, I have two friends, Tom Zuba and Nancy Salzman. Tom Zuba wrote Permission to Mourn, A New Way to Do Grief. And Nancy Salzman wrote Radical Survivor. And both of them are living with the death of their spouse and two children. And they both say to me, you know, comparing losses, where, where, that does nothing for us. Each right. of our losses was the worst. Mm -hmm. Each of ours was the worst. So comparing is something I think we do as a culture but it does not work with grief. We are all traveling this road together. It's like, we need to hold hands and move together, right? right? Move forward, focus on forward. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Employ the buddy system, you're gonna need it. Um, yes. So, excellent. And so one more time, please let everyone know that, again, the name of your book, your website, and where people can find you on social media. So the name of the book is A2Z Healing Toolbox. The website is a number two Z healing toolbox.com. And they can find the book on the website, on Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Um, it's everywhere. There you go. And do you have a social media platform that people can follow you on if they're interested in, in learning more about you? You know, I have an A to Z healing toolbox Facebook page and I have my own personal page, but to be honest with you, I am working full time. I'm a solo parent and I'm just trying to keep my head above water. So <laughs> I do not do the social media thing very well. Instagram, Fair enough. Um, you know, the club, all of those things. I'm not, I just don't have the time or bandwidth right now. So <laughs> that, Hey, you know what? Part of moving forward in life is acknowledging your limitations and being able to move forward inside of what you just said, inside of your own bandwidth. If you're not able to acknowledge that, you're going to burn out. Yes. And to that point, you know, this is eight, almost nine years later that I've been solo parenting and working and doing all the things and something has to give, right? So I look at what I can do and what mm -hmm. I cannot do. And as you say, just acknowledge, you know, I can't do all the social media. I don't have time. I don't have the bandwidth. I can't do the cooking seven days a week. So I just hired a meal prep company for a month to just help me out with that. Awesome. And I think that's another lesson learned. Like I keep asking for help. We have to keep reassessing and asking mm -hmm. for help along our long, our life journey. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's really wise of you to be able to do that and acknowledge it and be able to take those steps forward. So that is excellent. Well, Susan, I just want to say thank you so much for being on the show today, for talking about your book. It is an amazing website, by the way, as well. Um, again, 
I love the simplicity of how your website works. I love that online toolbox. I'm not just saying that. I think it's really cool. I will be, I will be sharing this with my wife and looking at it a little bit more later tonight. Um, and I, and I just want to thank you so much uh, for being here, sharing your story, sharing your son's story as well, and how you guys both decided to become focused on forward. Thanks, Tim. So nice to be here. Excellent. All right, guys. Well, that's going to conclude us today for Focused on Forward. Thank you so very much. Well, that concludes another episode of Focused on Forward. To be a guest of Focused on Forward, you can reach us through Twitter at podcastfof, through our Facebook page named Focused on Forward, or through email focusedonforward at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing each and every one of your stories that has yet to be told. So until then, be safe, be kind, and be loving to one another as you stay focused on forward.